my darlings, and welcome back to Radio Wasteland. I'm your host, Chauncey Hallworth, and this is my co-host, Sean. Hello. How's it going, Sean? Not bad. It's Pride Week here in Reading, for yeah. some reason, even though everywhere else it was Pride Week way back in June, but here in, in September, for some reason. We're, we're behind the times. Yeah, that's. I think that's what I'm saying. Uh, in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to be fair, even a week ago, it was unbearably hot. That is true. I don't know what that has to do with pride. Well, who wants to go outside? That is true. But this week it's been nice, so yeah, who yeah. even knows. But I, I did go to one of the celebration-ish things on Saturday. It was... Uh, sort of a lonely affair <laughs> um but i mean you know me i'm naturally skittish and afraid of crowds and strangers right. so i was just kind of like uh why why am i here why did i do so was this? the crowd not impressive uh i mean there was a handful there was crossing a handful. The, the sundial bridge i understand that the big event is on saturday so that's this coming up saturday this coming up saturday I so see. the closing ceremonies right i think the opening ceremonies were perhaps not as not as impressive i don't even own any rainbow clothing so i uh good <laughs> you know i'm well totally they said wear rainbow and i'm like uh, yeah, but I, I um, my wardrobe is mostly black. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> mine too. You know, I can I, we have a goth pride like that would be totally. Well, actually, we can, and this is something that I was about to bring. Up. <laughs> so I'm watching the news the other day, and they're talking about how it was an eventful week in Washington D.C. that there was uh, rebellions and people speaking and people gathering on lawns supporting things they care about. Mm-hmm. As is normally the case. Sure. It's Washington. But this time, apparently the FBI have put juggalos on their list of yes. gangs. Yes, I heard about that. And so there was a big rally with hundreds of people, juggalos, right. in Washington, yeah, D.C. Using the term people loosely here. <laughs> right, right. We're, we're talking about juggalos, but yeah. Yeah, so... Beings... I have to say that I find the idea of Juggalos as being a, a gang, a dangerous gang, to be... Um, I mean, that's comical. Comical, yes. <laughs> that's a very good term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just thought that was the funniest thing ever. For those of you who don't know what a Juggalo is, a Juggalo is a fan of the insane clown posse. Yes. And so whenever you see those kids wearing black pants that are way too big for them with their shirts with the graphics water pipe guy on it, yeah. and, uh, you know, some Face sort of paint. clown paint, Yeah, that's a juggalo. Terrible soda, sometimes. Terrible soda? I understand that has something to do with it. What, like Big Red or Fanta or something? I Like Fago. Oh, I guess, Fuego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't even or know Fago. how to say it, because we don't yeah. have it here uh, I see. <laughs> in I California. See. It, but I understand that it's just this horrible orange drink that, for some reason, is popular with juggalos. Huh. I don't know. You'll have to like. I'm gonna have to look into this. Fact checkers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. who are on standby for the show, please work furiously to determine the veracity. Right. We do have a couple of juggalos here locally. I see them every once in a while. Yeah, I'm sure they're fine people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I question their employment. I guess. Well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's a new age. If you if you work on the internet, no one knows that you are in. That's true. I work on the internet. <laughs> you know, I. You no, know, you could be a juggalo and it probably wouldn't affect your life. Well, I'm I'm bearded and hairy and wear a lot of black. I'm, I'm basically, you know, <laughs> right, you clown makeup paint, away. The from... face paint, pretty much. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's true. So uh, tonight's guest, we have a psychic. Yeah. I'm going to try to say the last name here. Dr. Lauren Cielo. Lauren Cielo. Yeah. Interesting. I'm just not sure about that last name. We're going to have to... Yeah. We're going to have to... You know... Uh, if we were psychics, we wouldn't get this wrong, but sadly... Yeah, I hate that not. the truth. I hate that the truth. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and so I got to, you know... I really want to know the difference. You know, we're we're always discussing the differences between psychics and mediums and past life regression. Yeah. And a lot of the time we find that There's they're dabblers. Usually, yeah. In kind of all things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Dr. Cielo, let's, let's call him Dr. Lord. Okay. <clears throat> in the meantime, is... Uh, Seems to be fairly well educated and established, and so we should get an interesting, um, more clinical answer. I'm kind of hoping about about where these lines are drawn. Clinical psychics. Well, sure. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I suppose it is therapeutic, but I just the term clinical often comes with images of you know a bunch of certifications hanging on your wall saying. Well, that's why I used it actually. That, uh, he Does is, he have he, a... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't He's know... just if, also psychic. I don't know if they're hanging on the wall. Yeah. Well, they they have to be. It's an office. Right. But you always see that. I, I would just wonder if he has, like, a piece of paper that's, like, the state of California certifies Dr. Cielo as a psychic. Right. Yeah. Well, we have a few minutes here, so I can cover another interesting topic. Um, <clears throat> my... Wife got a new job. All right. And she had to get vaccinations in order to work with with kids. She's she's basically going to be working with teenage mothers, helping them to become mothers and and know what to do. I can hear a large portion of our audience gnawing furiously on their arms to Why is that? make it through this segment. Well, because a lot of them are anti-vaccine people. Oh well, yeah, but but here's the here's the, so I always get vaccinated because my my wife uh, shouldn't really get vaccinations. Uh, she had a a reaction to the flu shot and has been scared to get vaccinations ever since. So right. she goes to the doctor and the doctor says she she tells him I, I want vaccinations, and the doctor says, "Well, okay, you can get vaccinations. It's no problem." It's not going to hurt you. And she's scared, and she says, okay, fine. And she goes down to the nurse to get the vaccinations, and the nurse says, after looking at your paperwork, we can't give you the vaccinations. And so my wife's just like, okay, so you won't give me (laughs) the letter that says that I don't have to get vaccinated, but you also won't give me the vaccinations. Medical limbo. Medical limbo. You know. It's one of the worst places to be. And so eventually, after literally hours, tens of hours of figuring this out, she finally got her doctor to give her vaccinations without preservatives in them hmm. that are supposedly reserved for pregnant people. 
Interesting. And so far, so good. But uh, I just thought that our audience might find that a little interesting, that here we are with this vaccination situation. You know, she couldn't get the job without the vaccinations. (laughs) She couldn't get the paperwork to not get the vaccinations. But they wouldn't give her the vaccination. Honestly, that is, you know, trying to accomplish anything having to do with health care is like that. You know, oh. there there's uh, always a significant chance of slipping through some bureaucratic uh, crack in the system. And then, you know, you're just you're in medical limbo forever, which is considerably worse than regular limbo. Uh, so I've heard. Yeah, yeah, totally. Regular limbo has health care. Exactly. All right. You're listening to Radio Wasteland. Come on back. And welcome back to Radio Wasteland. And we are here with our guest, Dr. Lauren Cielo. Am I saying that correctly? You are. Very well done. <laughs> All right. We had a big discussion about this. And we joke on a regular basis that as hosts, our number one homework that we need to do is figure out how to pronounce the right. guest last name correctly. Which we rarely do, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You hit it right on. It's All great right. to be here. Thanks. All right. So uh, let's start with the, uh, you know, the typical questions I'm sure you get asked on a regular basis. You know, how did you get started or figure out? Well, I don't know. That's kind of a weird question because I know that you teach classes on becoming a psychic also. But how did being a psychic start for you? Well, um, I realized, you know, maybe about 10 years into my engineering uh, career that on Saturday and Sunday I was not engineering. I was running through the forest naked under the full moon's howling. I was was trying to, uh, you know, looking back, I, what I think I was trying to do is I was trying to have a spiritual experience here on earth. So I did all kinds of things. And it wasn't until I was 44 that I, I'm 55 now, so about 11 years ago, I finally found a psychic institute here in San Diego where I live, and I'd never heard of such a thing. Well, I decided to take the training, and, um, well, there was two years of training, but I got laid off from my engineering job about two months into that program, and I don't know what possessed me, but I decided I would try to be a psychic. So I went over to the little local acupuncturist here in my little area of San Diego and um, asked if I could rent a little spot, and I did. And, you know, people who would likely get an acupuncture treatment might um, also get a psychic reading. So that's how I started. And um, I, you know, I created my own business, Golden Rose um, Psychic Services here in San Diego. And it did start out local. I mean, I actually had a brick and mortar place, but I, I quickly realized that um, my footprint was much bigger than just San Diego. So um, I really don't have a brick and mortar now. I do, you know, most of my stuff is, you know, via internet and, and international now. So, and and I have to say that the the technique that I learned it is very left brained. You know, I'm the most logic psychic that I know, and I'm very pragmatic. I'm very skeptical. Even in the readings, if you got a reading from me, you'll hear me. I do this thing. I call it reverse engineer the reading. So here comes some information, and I do my best to try to communicate it and interpret it. But then I always think, well, how's that going to help someone? I mean, if somebody told me that in a psychic reading, how could that possibly help me? 
So I do ground the information into the earth plane quite solidly as, a, as an engineer. So I guess I might be, I kind of call myself a psychic, but I'm definitely a tech nerd all the way. And that's why I was able to create my platforms. I do all the uh, designing of my two websites by myself, Lauren Cielo and GoldenRosePsychic.com. So it's, 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 completely fulfills me isn't that silly well no this is this is actually kind of new for us um so until you went so my understanding is that you were somewhat lost looking for something in life i mean you were taking care of yourself and but you were kind of spiritually lost looking for something more and you stumbled across this and you found that you enjoyed it and that you had an affinity for it and you pursued it right correct so so when you were younger, prior to this, did you have any <laughs> inkling that you were capable of being psychic? Oh, no. My favorite game as a kid was war. Uh, you know, if, if I shot you and you didn't lay down and die, it would come over and try to hit you to make you lay down. I was very much raised with my older brother. Um, I'm, you know, very much into the, you know, the sciences in school and then also very much an athlete. Um so no, no psychic zero. This is how embarrassing it was. So in you know when I went to my school, it, it, I was there with people in a room, right? Um, and at the breaks, you know the water cooler conversations. You know somebody would say, oh, you know I saw fairies when I was three, and somebody else said, oh, you know my grandfather when he passed, he came to me at five, and I told my family that he had passed. I had nothing like that. <laughs> nothing zero. No zero. So, so this is something I commonly ask um, psychics and mediums if if it's something that people are more prone to be, or if it's something they're born with, or if it's something that can be taught. And in your case, you're definitely saying that it's something that can be taught. You know what I think it is? Is I think that we're all, of course, receiving so much information from our chakras, you know, psychically from our chakras, and because. The only body that we've ever been in, in any one incarnation, is the one you're in. So you may not realize how much information you're getting from your chakras. If I could pull you out of you and jump into your body, I might go, oh my gosh, you know, I'm getting all this data from these chakras because, because I'm formally trained, because I, I went step by step by step and if i wouldn't have had somebody show me that intellectually like you know lauren when you have this experience as a human this is what it metaphysically really is and so i started to be able to put together i guess maybe a good way to say it is i became so much more aware of what was going on around me and and, and so we're all psychic it's just that just think about this what if I were to tell a child, oh, I can walk, but you'll never walk. All the rest of us walk, but you, you cannot walk. So don't believe you can. So guess what would happen? You would slither around on your belly for your whole life because somebody told you that you, you your body cannot walk. Well, what I do is I train people how to use their chakras to read energy. And that's what being a psychic is. You know, I've, I've, I've actually often thought this because... I myself am, am a bit skeptical about just about everything. I'm obviously interested in, in all these <laughs> things as well, or I wouldn't be doing the show. But but uh, when it comes, I, I think that at the core of 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 anything that ends up being uh, true, there's there's science. 
And sure. and so I've thought in the case of psychics that that it's maybe somewhat influenced by talent and athletic prowess kind of comparison. <laughs> but bottom line is we're all capable of, of learning to shoot a basketball. You get what Absolutely. I'm saying? It's like, and so I've actually started to dabble in this a little bit. I've because I'm very high stress and I can't relax and I can't think about uh, anything other than running, running, running. So I've started to try to do mindful meditation. My end all goal is to try to do something more than that, but I'm having a hard time <laughs> tying down the just even the mindful meditation. I'm having a hard time doing. Yeah, you know, one of the reasons why I think at first it's so challenging is because really our energy fields are saturated. If, um, you know, by the time you get to be 50, like I said, I'm 55, um, if I wouldn't have had some way to actively move energy, and I'm not just saying meditation. I mean, I did it through sports. You can do it through dancing, even, you know, sex, you know, whatever, you know, really. However you um, find the zone, however you find right, that. Right, right, right. So, um you know, I think it's interesting what you said about science being like, you know, you have to find science in things before you can really buy into them. And that's why I think, that's why I think a, an engineer can move to be a psychic because the way our technology has advanced, it is so easy for me to communicate <clears throat> to my students the way I see the universe. Let's go back 55 years before I was born, and let's say that I was to try to convince you that this life isn't real. It's like a video game, only you don't know what a video game is. You don't have any idea of a virtual reality, so there's no way you can understand how the universe works. Well, now our technology and our spirituality, they're increasing together. So it's so easy to take the scientific metaphysical or the scientific models and push them into the metaphysics. So I could never communicate to you a lot of the things I see in readings unless you were technical. <laughs> uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And that's one thing that I've I've really kind of been amazed about, about some of um, psychic stuff, religious stuff, and how they've started to actually kind of come in line a little bit with with science and science has started to take another look at these things that it kind of dismissed for mm -hmm. quite a while and has started to take them into consideration, especially on a, on yeah, a, well, on a I, physics I, level. I think a lot of scientists now take the idea that the universe is a simulation of some kind quite seriously. So. Yeah. 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 And without, you know, Einstein and quant you know, Einstein's thought experiments, right? Um, I don't, you might want to, if you've never heard of, I really love Einstein, so I talk a lot about these quote-unquote thought experiments that he did. Well, it's really astral projecting. One of them, he tried to see what it would be like to travel at the speed of light while well, he was you know, trying to figure out E equals MC squared. So he projected himself in, into that. It, he would call it a thought experiment, but uh, no, it was astral projecting. And quantum physics, see, the, the, the thing about quantum physics, the baffling thing that I talk to my students about a lot, is that the observed particle changes just because it knows it's being observed. And if you, if you want to Google that, you might Google double slit theory and look for mm -hmm. the little Einstein character. You've yeah, watched that little video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so when I look at you clairvoyantly, you change because somebody is witnessing the particles of you. And in the teaching of Golden Rose, any kind of shift is a healing. So just by me looking at you, you'll have a healing. You'll change. 
So now it's really easy to put science and metaphysics together because quantum physics does it. All right. Well, uh, we're coming up on our very first commercial break. Um, you're listening to Radio Wasteland with our guest, Dr. Lauren Cielo. Come on back. All right, and welcome back to Radio Wasteland and our guest, Dr. Lauren Cielo. Uh, so, you know, uh, what we talk to, we've talked to several psychics and mediums, and we feel that there's kind of this blur point where we're not really sure what does being a psychic mean to you? Is that just reading people? Is it communicating with people who have passed? What, what is being a psychic to you? Well, I think I would define being a psychic as reading energy with your chakras. And that, that, that's really what I go with on the basic. Now, of course, it depends on which chakra you're reading with um, as to, like, you know, obviously the six chakras, your clairvoyance, so you see image and color. Your throat, if you're reading with your throat, you'll hear either telepathically or clairaudiently. So it just kind of depends on which chakra you're using. But I would define being psychic as, as using your chakras to read. It's like, it's like having more sensory organs. Besides the five that our physical body has, we also have the seven that the energy body has, the seven chakras. I see. So that would include um, communicating with people who have passed? To me, that, that would if you saw them, then it's clairvoyance. If you're listening to what they're saying, then it's clairaudience, and it can happen both at once. So I don't really break it out, you know, to say a medium is someone who talks to the dead. Um, a clairvoyant is someone who, you know, they're kind of subcategories of one another. So... Yeah, it, it, what I would say, a person who's died, it's the very same way as reading a spirit guide, because the only difference between a dead person and a spirit guide is how long they've been out of body. Like my main guide, Anki Yaya, he's incarnated many times, but he doesn't consider himself a dead person because he's been out of body so long. Of course, it, it's, it's almost what they'll say. So if you talk to somebody that's recently out of body, they're going to talk about their life. If you talk to Anki Yaya, who's this ancient soul, he's going to talk about Egypt. <laughs> so I, I'm so this one's actually kind of new to me. Um, the spirit guide. Um, this is you would think something that I would have heard of in in my readings of this, but in in just the past couple of years, this is something that I've really caught on the regular basis. Can you explain to us what a spirit guide is? Yeah. Um, I would think that would be a layman's term um, for these beings. Now, um, there's beings with bodies, and that would be me and you and Sean, and then there's beings without bodies, like all of your guides and angels and all of my guides and angels and, of course, Sean's too. So the only difference is having a body and not having a body. One of the interesting things is I don't think people realize is um, a lot of the beings without bodies that we work with we don't know we work with. And that can be a huge problem. Like, let's say I'm competing. So I have a competition guide that's going to plug into my third chakra, and you're not going to win. You're not going to win. But now I'm in an engineering conference with the VP of engineering, and that being plugs into my third chakra, and I say something really stupid to my boss. <laughs> so a lot of the work when I'm working with a client is we cancel those contracts with those beings that you're channeling without knowing it. 
and it can they can have you do things that you don't choose to do if the con- if the contracts get too out of um, out of present time. But mostly, people would consider spirit guides to be friendly beings without bodies that you sign contracts with to help you do stuff here on Earth. Well, some beings without bodies don't even come to Earth. Um, they don't even see the Earth plane. Um, they would never be able to get you a parking place. So when you say sign contracts that, um, as as me, Chauncey, I might not know that my spiritual self has signed a contract, and signed a contract is, is a purely tangible term to put on this, I'm sure, with a, yeah, the, with a spirit guide. Yeah, the, the idea of free will, um, it's almost in every religious um, theory or idea that, that you can come up with. Usually every religion has this idea of free will. Well, it doesn't feel like free will here on earth, right? If your boss tells you to jump, you're going to say how high. Um, so where the free will resides is on the astral with our higher selves signing the contracts. You might think of those contracts as scripts. Nothing can happen here on the earth plane unless it's scripted in by those contracts. And your higher self can take its name off of a contract anytime it wants or put its, uh, put its name on one. And you can't force anybody else to do it either. So that's where free will lives. So we don't all necessarily have a spirit guide. I would say you probably have hundreds. Everyone. Hundreds. Hmm. Yeah. I see. So they're basically the mentors and the people that we communicate with when we are outside of our physical body. And and mm. I, as Chauncey, I may not know that I'm doing this, but I, I probably am doing this. Probably a lot of them talk to you in your stream of consciousness. So it is here on Earth. And not all of the beings without bodies that you might have contracts with, not all of them are here to help you. Some of those contracts that you have with them are to help them. Like they may be thinking about incarnating, and so they have a contract with you, so they kind of watch you and, you know, see what life is all about. So not all of your guides are senior to you. As a matter of fact, I instruct my students to be senior to our guides. Think of them as, think of yourself as the business owner, and they're the consultants. So I, I consult them, I ask each of their opinion on something, and then I decide. Me. Given Sean You're and I's right. day job, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you, you picked a very good analogy for us. Because <laughs> Sean works at a business and I'm a consultant there. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think technically I'm a contractor. So. Oh, you're a contractor yeah. now. Yeah, so. so I'm a spirit guide now. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, so you... you teach people, you have students. What does this look like when you're teaching them? What is... What is that like for them? <laughs> well, what what can like one is, expect when they come to you, I guess? Yeah. Um, you know, right when I first started, um, someone came to me, right when I started reading, they came to me and they said, hey, I heard that you were trained to be psychic. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, would you train me? And I was like, yes. So I, you know, wrote out all my curriculum and decided how I wanted to format all the all the information. And then... Um, a lot of people heard about it here in San Diego, and they would call me up and they'd say, hey, I'd love to take your class. And I said, great, it's this night, it's at this time, it's at this place, and it costs this much. And more times than not, they would say, gosh, I'd love to take your class, but. And I didn't like what came after the buts. 
so I spent quite some time, probably five, six years, figuring out a way to deliver the information. And you can't say anything after the word but, except I'm just not ready to take your classes yet. <laughs> That's right. the only thing you might be able to say, because I'll work with you one-on-one. Uh, whatever you want to learn, you want to learn to be clairvoyant, clairaudient, you want to read the dead, you want to read past lives, you can book a couple sessions and learn to do that. Um, you can download everything. Uh, there's 44 psychic classes on my website. They start at $9.99. That same information I teach live in phone classes using a conferencing program. And, um, you know, people all over the world are in my classes. I have somebody in... Um, in Seoul, Korea, that gets up at three in her morning to to attend those two-hour phone classes. So, um, you know, it's really cool to to see all these different cultures coming together to learn to be psychic. Interesting. So do you find that these different cultures have a different um, idea of what it means to be psychic? Because, I mean, in Seoul, you you know, they're, they're not dealing a lot of the times, you know, the term angel and and demon yeah. and these things are totally foreign to them. Well, even yeah. the term chakra is a culturally specific one, right? Yeah, I guess so. so. Yeah. I'm sorry, Sean, could you say that again? Well, even the term, like, chakra is a culturally specific one, right? right? I mean, right, right, right. Indian. Yeah, um, I would think that more, usually by the time they get into a big six-month you know, clairvoyant program with Dr. Lauren Cielo, um, they are pretty much spiritually on board. There's not a lot of what I would call pictures to blow on that. They're pretty much on board by that time. But, but I'll tell you what is different about all the cultures. Their chakra systems, um, like folks um, who are raised in maybe more heart chakra um, based cultures where family is more important than individuals, these these people you'll see um, you know will have a hard time um, kind of letting go of that programming and really busting out on their own. And I will say that once you start clairvoyantly reading yourself, which of course we do, if you want to read somebody else, you need to know where you end and they start. So we start by reading ourselves. Well. Um, there are things that you'll release that you've been programmed uh, to do or not do that are in the way of, of being psychic. So I would say that the different cultures have different pictures to blow through, but they don't seem to be really religiously based. Because, again, you know, by the time they're going to pay for my class, they've done a lot of research and they probably heard me on a lot of different shows and have a pretty good idea of you know, my scope. Right. Okay. Well, we're coming up on a commercial break here. Uh, you're listening to Dr. Lauren Cielo on Radio Wasteland. All right. Welcome back to Radio Wasteland and our guest, Dr. Lauren Cielo. Um, I am a, I always do this. I'm a horror movie fan, <laughs> Dr. Lauren. Yeah. And so you clear energies and so are there are there evil energies? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I hate to, you, you can go ahead and be afraid all you want of you know it, but so when there, I don't see positive and negative energy. Um, you know, I came from engineering, so some circuits use a positive five volts, and some applications would use a negative five volts. But it, it's just what each circuit needs. So, but I'll tell you the two energies that I do see. And it's not good or bad or positive or negative. It's you and not you. So that's one of the big 
causes of dis-ease in our space is really running from someone else's information. And I can tell right away, because if I'm clairvoyantly looking at you and somebody else's information's in your space or energy, it's black. So it sticks out like a sore thumb. So, And think of it this way. I'll go to the Judas-Jesus contract. If you'd like to think that Judas was evil, well, let's go back to the astral. And let's say that you're going to incarnate in some fake reality and you want to be a messiah. You want to fulfill some prophecy. But you have to be kissed and somebody's got to get gold, right? So you're like, okay, I'm getting ready to incarnate. I'm going to be this messiah. But I can't be unless somebody signs a contract to be Judas. And so who do you think is going to sign that contract? It's going to be the, one of the souls that loves you the most because it's going to be the most hated person in that reality so you can be one of the most loved people. So uh, I would say this, enemies on earth are lovers on the astral. You love so much that you, you know, whatever might seem non-beneficial, but no, no evil. <laughs> well, how about dangers? Um is it, you know, like, so here in the physical realm, we have, you know, if I'm walking out in the woods and a pack of wolves eat me, yeah. they're not evil. They yeah. are just fulfilling their natural situation, but it's dangerous. Um, yeah. Dangerous. Right. Yeah. It, it's just contracts. And I would say that if you put yourself in a position where <clears throat> you were in the forest and you were chased by these wolves and you wanted to know what it was like to run from wild beasts and, and live, and if you didn't live, then that would be your exit strategy. And you just contracted in to go that way instead of the you know on the freeway. Okay, so let me see if I understand this. You're saying that all of reality is basically the playing out of the decisions through free will that we prior made and so so everything that basically happens was was a choice by our on our parts to put ourselves in that situation i think you just about got it but it's not from before it's in real time so our contracts are changing with every beat of our heart we can change whatever we want so it's not i mean of course some of our contracts were were created before we were born like our parents <laughs> but right. yeah but mostly we change on the fly and i'm going to tell you i've been really i think it's going to be one of my next books i've been really really asking myself and my guides why was my life so hard before and why is it so incredibly easy now and the only thing i can come up with is that I am no longer in resistance to the contracts that my higher self is, is signing. I was not raised, well, let me, let me flip that. I was raised to be a heterosexual woman, to be a Christian, and to you know, have a white-collar job. Um, and I'm none of those things. I don't do any of those things. But I tried, and I tried, and I, and I was miserable. So often, by releasing the programming and getting out of your own way, and you, you'll know if you're programmed to do something, then because you'll want to do it and you'll be afraid. That's how you know. It's like, gosh, I have this desire, but I'm so afraid. So that's how you know you're, out, you're in resistance to your higher self. And what we do, it's really easy. Just do energy work. Release the programming. Release other, the black, other people's information so that you can have your lifetime. Well, I definitely think I need to read that book or take that class because I think I am in serious opposition to my higher self. Um, I am 
I am chronically dissatisfied and and yeah. uh, I'm I'm a generally miserable individual. I must yep. say. That's how I was, and I thought that's what life was. I, you know, from looking at my people, you just hunker down. You know, my my folks, my my family, the you know generations of my. You just hunker down and wait for your life to be over. That's what you do. No, that's not what I'm doing. Not anymore. No, if I have a desire, I am gonna pursue it. And you know, obviously, I've blown through a lot of those stereotypes that I put on myself. You know, from my society, and now you know, like I said, things are easier than they ever have been i you know my friends say you know you should figure a way to to bottle what you've done and you'd sell a million six packs of it well i'm trying i'm trying to teach other people yeah throw some alcohol and caffeine in there also and yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and, and you know in that pursuit to really get the information out um we set up a a page on one of our websites just for your listeners and it's really easy it's laurencielo.com i'm the only lauren cielo on the planet and then it's slash radio wasteland all one word so laurencielo.com radio wasteland and there are we i'll tell you what you can tell the things that i do that heal me at golden rose because they're free so if you go to that page, you will get uh, hooked up with all of our free meditations. My my students who are um, creating their own businesses now will read you for free. My advanced students will heal you. Uh, it's free healing requests. You won't get communication. But um, there's 90 meditations that I've done on all topics. It's all free. Lots of radio episodes that I've done on my own radio shows. So, yeah, laurencielo.com slash Radio Wasteland. All right, and and we're we're coming up on the end of the show here, so why don't you give any other information on on how people can find out about you? You said you had two websites. Yeah, the other one is um, goldenrosepsychic.com. Of course, you have to know how to spell psychic to get to that one, and it took me a while, but I think I finally got it down. Um, you might also check me out on Gaia. Um, I've done a couple. I've done some stuff with um, George Norrie and then also Regina Meredith. So you might want to check, if you're, if you're subscribed to Gaia, you might want to check me out there. Well, you know, I'm definitely going to check this stuff out because, like I said, I've been trying this mindful meditation and, you know, I feel like I've dabbled with the zone, but I haven't quite got to the zone, you know. But it was the first time I ever actually laid down, you know, laid back, and was listening to something with my eyes closed where I didn't feel like falling asleep. That was like a first for me. So I, I know that might seem weird, but but I work really hard and I'm tired all the time. And for me to actually relax without trying to fall asleep was actually kind of amazing for me. Um, Excellent. Uh, but I have really enjoyed talking to you. And, uh, man, this time just flew by. You were You were a whole lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chauncey and Sean. And I'll, I'll be happy to come back anytime you want me to. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank very you. much. You've been listening to Dr. Lauren Cielo on Radio Wasteland. All right. Welcome back to Radio Wasteland. You have been listening to our guest, Dr. Lauren Cielo. What did you think of that guest? I thought that was a lot different than our other psychic interviews. Yeah, very much so. Uh, he was very pragmatic, very... Yeah, you know, I think he described himself very well. I think most of the psychics well. we talked to were were pragmatic, but a lot of them, you know, when you delve into like the deeper theory, the few we talked to of like how does this work, they're just like I don't. That the responses we get almost seem to be like it doesn't matter. It just helps people. You know, it just yeah, works. that's true. Um, but in this case, no, we got something very different. We got you know 
the world is a simulation, you know, it's everything set into motion by causes on the astral plane and effects here and, you know, chakras and all of that. Right. You know, we got a, a very detailed uh, description of the theory behind what he does. So. You know, this wasn't too far of a cry from um, <clears throat> a idea concept that I came up with. Um, I don't know if it's fair to say that I came up with it, but I came up with it for myself. Right. You know, as people are talking about free will and God knows everything and God's destiny for you and they always seem to kind of clash. Sure. And yeah. so what I kind of thought of was like outside of the realm of time, when you first come into existence, you have free will and you've made all the choices that you're going to make in life. And then what we're experiencing now is time living out those choices that we made, allowing for destiny and free will at the same time. I think that's a good concept. Honestly, I'm not the the best person to bounce that off of because I I really don't spend a lot of time thinking about either destiny or free will. Like I, I know it's a a big question in a lot of people's theology, but it's just something I I tend to bypass when I'm thinking about the universe. I just don't really think about it. Right, right. So you're not much of a uh... well. I don't believe in God, and I also don't really believe in free will. So, so... you know, there's there's really no issue. <laughs> so wait you don't believe in god or free will i believe in the laws of physics i believe that we have the appearance of free will and so for you know all practical purposes we do but i think whatever happens is just the result of chemical reactions that would be predictable if not for the darn uncertainty principle that means that they're not so what you're telling me is you're romantic yeah, I think that's what I'm getting at. You know, I. <laughs> so does I, that mean I that see you the in, silver lining on every dirt cloud? So does that mean that you don't believe in psychics? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think there could, in theory, be. Look, I think physical laws work the way they work, um, and we know about that. I think there's plenty of. St- stuff on the show that falls into the category of things we don't understand, right? You know, if an alien comes to Earth and does something that seemingly violates our laws of physics, I wouldn't be like, that didn't happen. I'd be like, they're an alien, they probably have some crazy technology that operates based on, you know, matter we can't even perceive, or laws of physics we don't even understand yet. Sure. Same thing with psychics, you know, I I assume it's just a if it is a real thing, I assume it's just something we don't understand. That's so that what doesn't I was mean, to say. you know, general relativity isn't real or something. It, all all the other physics is still there, and I believe the universe operates according to it, even though I don't particularly understand it that well. That's what I was kind of trying to say: is that the core of it is is some sort of science, whether or not we understand sure. it, is irrelevant. But at the core, there is some kind of science, right? I, I think. You know, if you get deep down into any super natural stuff, you know, it, it becomes natural once you understand it. But Right. Uh, n- not that I... Like, I, I'm on the fence about psychics, really. I'm on the fence about a couple of these topics. Uh, so I, I wouldn't really say I do or I don't at this point. I'm, I'm collating data. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the end of the world. It's coming That's up right. soon. Radio Wasteland. 
All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland. Uh, at the end of the show, we like to talk about some news, and this time we got some big news. Sean, what's our news? Yes, as the show draws to the <clears throat> close, I must sadly inform our listeners, with some small amount of regret, that the world also is drawing to a close as well. How so? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked. There's a <laughs> Christian conspiracy theorist named David Mead who believes that Nibiru is rapidly approaching just you know overtaking us as we speak and it's going to kick off the beginning of the prophecies in the book of revelation starting this saturday <laughs> that was my reaction <laughs> i'm not laughing at that i'm laughing at, i'm laughing at the starting this saturday you know so right, so he he didn't specifically say that the world would end this Saturday, but he said that you know it's the beginning of the end, and that we'll start to see he he said that huge parts of the world will not be the same on on Saturday, so you know he is predicting cataclysm, so you do feel free to throw eggs at his house if nothing happens on Saturday so it's Saturday basically Saturday for us is going to be in his opinion undeniable. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay, it's not going to yeah, be... Yeah, he hasn't left himself any wiggle room for the failure of this prophecy. Oh. You know, if it's September 24th and nothing's happened, he's got no choice but to change his name and move to Siberia, or more likely revise his prophecy and write another book. Yeah, I think that <laughs> is going to happen. <clears throat> I wish I could remember the, the author, my friend Ben... Bambauer, he's a very well-read guy. I don't know. Should I drop real names on this show? It doesn't matter. He owns a business. <laughs> he owns Bogby. And uh, he was telling me about this book, The Late Great Planet Earth, that gave a specific date that the world was going to end. <clears throat> sure. And that date passed, and he revised it. Yeah. And Ben, own, owning a bookstore. Gotta keep a, up with the times. <clears throat> owning the bookstore had a collection, and he, he opened the book, and he showed me here in this ver, uh, printing of the book, here's when the world's going to end, and he opens another one, and here's where it's going to end in this book. Yeah, you know, it. this specific prediction um, is based on the idea that 33 is an important number in the Bible. You know, Jesus lived for 33 years, a bunch of other stuff happened that had to do with 33 I don't know, really. Um, but 33 is a thing in the Bible. Christians will confirm, I guess. Um, and so he said, okay, 33 days from the solar eclipse, which apparently is a symbol of it or something, and that's the end of the world. I was That'll raised Catholic. <laughs> and my wife is a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee you that if we were to say the number 33 to my wife, she would be all, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which, David Mead made it seem like it was a, you know, a cornerstone of the religion, but I guess not, huh? So do we have any sort of idea how many people are taking this seriously? Uh, I think it's David Mead um, and his followers. How many followers are we talking? Do we have any idea? I think we're talking about several thousand people. So we're talking like mega church. Yeah. Whew, An is... Enough for a number of news organizations to write articles about this. You know, I wrote about this in the Washington Post. Yeah. Well, maybe next week we need to get a we need to get Samuel Hoffman on here to uh, tell us why this didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Samuel <coughs> Hoffman is necessarily on board with. Uh, 
that the world will end on the 23rd. He was definitely on board with the Nibiru thing. And and last we heard, you know, Nibiru was here and you can see it, right? Right. So that was a couple months ago. So yeah, I just think it's really weird that that these Christians are latching on to these things that right. themselves are potentially fantasy, the sort of thing that that would be considered heretical in in the past. Yeah, well, he this particular prophecy has been roundly condemned by both astrophysicists and people of the cloth, basically. Um <laughs> well, I love how you put things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> astrophysicists and people of the cloth. Yes, not yeah. that astrophysicists don't wear cloth, but right. you know what I mean. Um totally. Yeah, so uh, one person um said that uh I believe uh, faculty at a Christian college of some kind said, you know, if someone claims to have found a secret numerical code in the Bible, run the other way. Yeah. You know, or just you can safely discount anything they say after that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty harsh. Uh, yeah, well, that's what he said. Um, and honestly, I, I feel like I'm being kind of hard on this theory, but that's only because I feel like it's flatly ridiculous. Um. Like most of the stuff on this show, I, I feel like there's a little bit of wiggle room and, you know, like ghosts, UFOs, psychic powers, all those things. I'm like verging on convinced, really. Right. But this one, no, I don't think Nibiru's there. I think we would see it right now, <laughs> you know, if it was anywhere or near us to be here on Saturday. So basically, Nibiru destroying us by Saturday is a no, but Mothman is a, is a maybe. Lots of people saw Mothman. <laughs> so, yes, Mothman is a maybe. I think Mothman is more credible than the world ending on Saturday. Though, if I'm wrong, you know, I'll just dissolve into a puddle of acid with everyone else. So, yeah. you know, there's not much harm in making that prediction. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> if the world ends on Saturday, boy, will my face be red. <laughs> You're listening to Radio Wasteland. Thanks for checking us out.